0: Are you a business owner, entrepreneur, or executive who's working hard at living a good story? What if you can start living a better one? Welcome to Living a Better Story, a podcast that goes deep and clears away the good so that you can be great. Hosted by Chad Burmeister and Rich Blakeman, we get you into alignment with your God-given purpose here on planet Earth. Don't settle. A better story is waiting for you to invest in yourself and living a better story.
1: Hey everybody, Chad Burmeister, and I'm your host of the Living a Better Story podcast. And today I'm with an author uh, who's putting out her book very, very soon, and it's the most amazing title I've heard all year. And I also am super excited to talk to Candace May about what it is she's doing with leaders in the world around Christianity and around belief in God and all of the above. So Candace May from CandiceMay.com, welcome to the show.
2: Hi, Chad. Thanks for having me.
1: Absolutely glad to be here. So tell us the title of your book before we go further, because I think that sets the tone for the conversation.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, the working title is Heaven Within. There will be a subtitle added to that. But we're, uh, Ed and I are still working through all the
0: the covers.
1: Heaven Within. I mean, you hear heaven on earth. and, and, And when you get your mind around it, and you really start thinking like, I can go anywhere I want today. I, I can breathe. I can talk to people. I have sight and touch. And it's just such an amazing, extraordinary thing when you just realize no matter what happens, it's, it's just amazing. It's like a gift.
2: It, it is amazing, uh, especially when you have a relationship with Jesus Christ and he's living in you. There's more of him and less of you. And uh, you're, you're giving your ways and thoughts to the Holy Spirit to lead and guide you with love, because essentially God is love, and He's put that seed in us as man, but is not activated until we accept Christ. And when we accept Christ, that's when the inner transformation begins. And God has to work in us before He can work through us. And really, that's what my Heaven Within is about. Is about the journey. It's a book for the masses, but it's it's it, it focuses on. Um, mankind and how we our relationship is spiritual first and foremost and yet how we were originally designed and then twisted through satan in the garden of eden and the the lies that we bought into and we became our own god we became um with a, a sin nature, which is Satan's innate nature, is sin, S-I-N. And that becomes the default. If you think about computers and software, there's a default setting that, that always takes over unless you reprogram it. And when that happened in the Garden of Eden, that, our default mode became sin. And there's no way around that. That's just a fact. It's the default mode. And only until we accept Christ and his spirit comes in and starts to transform us on the inside, that, that our default mode gets reset and becomes Christ-centered.
0: Wow.
2: And the power of the lessons of the world is what shapes us. That's how he, he does the work within us. It's not about what happens to you in the world. It's about how you respond to the events that happen to you in the world.
1: I just went to an arcade with my brother for his birthday and it's games from the 70s and 80s tron and centipede and and they they were well played and i tell you what i'm 48 years old and i went back that many years and i knew exactly the moves to make and how to play those games and so when you when you talk about that level of deep programming that was a perfect example of like on tron i moved all the way to the right i shot to the right then i go to the like i knew every move and right. so muscle that, memory, yeah, it just muscle came memory. Back by default for 35 years and it's just embedded to the core unless you can come outside of your body look down and go okay i need to do i need to accept and do things differently <laughs> Starts yeah. from within, just like
2: you're saying. I think there's um, I think it's important to understand that as we're spiritual beings first and foremost. I grew up thinking we're physical. That everything's physical. We have our five senses, and and that's it. Uh, but I think there's spiritual senses that were given to us first and foremost originally, and then the physical part of the part of the the curse that came upon us is that we were stuck into the physical realm, and those five senses became the primary dominant. And we need to refocus back into those spiritual senses as well. Um, and, and that's been lost over the years within the church, right? I even I it, it and there's some truths that God has given us and powers that He's given us that the church has not focused on. Um, and the secular world has picked it up. And then the church looks at it, it says, oh, it's evil because the secular has picked it up. But the secular picked it up and took out Christ, and took out the the core and the, the meaning. Anything de- designed for good can be used for evil, right? Mm-hmm. And Satan is here to lie, steal, and rob. And we've been lied to our whole life. We've been brought into this world and, 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 and taught lies that, that we're limited, uh, that we have no power. Uh, all of us deal with shame, guilt, uh, a sense of unworthiness. That's not how God designed us.
1: Yeah, that's right. To to kind of talk more about the the next chapters in your life, um, how did you how did you decide to move through everything? And and you know, did you were you able to witness to your family at some point and, and love on them, or how did that play out?
2: I think that's an ongoing issue. Most of my parents are, are past at this point, but um, I remember having numerous conversations with my mother uh, through the years of uh, faith and what that looked like and a relationship with Jesus Christ. Um, whether she totally accepted Jesus Christ to, or not to this day, I, I don't have a solid answer on that. I, she was active in the church. Um, she tried to do the right things. We'll find out one day. Yeah, yeah. Not, that's a good I uh, in the church. I can tell you when uh, when she passed away. I made it to her. I flew. She was in Michigan. I'm in California, and I flew in uh, while she was uh, in the hospital. Uh, my oldest daughter and I got there, but she passed away after we landed, before we got to the hospital. And um, when I got to see her. The expression on her face, I'll never forget it. It was like disbelief or shock or like, wow, what What am I seeing? And so I know she had an encounter. Mm-hmm. I know there's more.
1: Yeah, that's super. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing is that that people need to understand who listen to this, that no matter what you do, because you're going to do stupid stuff in your life, And on a scale of 1 to 10, to God, a 1 is the same as a 10. It doesn't matter. Sin is sin. Sin is sin. Everybody sins, and that's why Jesus matters, because he takes it all away. He says it's okay.
2: There's no condemnation for those who love the Lord. Yeah. And Why is that? It's because we put Christ first. It's because we uh, focus on submitting our lives to the Holy Spirit. We're not perfect but we're trying. And God is transforming us from the inside out. And it's amazing how our beliefs and our values shift. I know for me, they shifted. Uh, I, 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 I like pretty things. I like nice things. But over, there was at some point where the things didn't matter anymore. It, it wasn't about the house. It wasn't about the china. It wasn't about all of the things, right? The the car, the 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 vacation pieces, and it, it was about the love, about the people, about Christ. More of Christ, less of me.
1: Um, we had a guy named Dr. Jim Wilder to the fire pit one day, and he's a neurotheologist. And he early in his days wasn't a believer. His parents were; they are missionaries. And so finally, he kind of tested the Lord and said, okay, me and a friend, we're going to pray every night. We're going to compare notes and we're going to decide if we believe. And they compared notes every day for like 30 days and they got the same message. And they was like, okay. praise God."
2: Well, this is the thing. If if we have the spirit living within us, shouldn't we be getting the same message? Right.
1: It's the same message. And so what's interesting, he said, what he gave me, and, and this is interesting because you're, you're on the same path, I said, okay, people making choices. I started to make a book. How do you make good choices? And so I'm doing research. I talked to my mom because she's like, great decision maker. She gives me a set. Then I talked to my business partner. Different, completely different. And then no matter who you talk to, it's always different. There's no one right answer to say how you make a decision. So his, after years of studying this, he said, "The, the one you've always heard is, what would Jesus do? What would God do? So that makes sense, right? It's above my pay grade to make it. Is better. it intellectual though, or is it spirit led? It's spirit led. What would Jesus did. Spirit right. led. But then he also the one that really hit me in the head was, well, how do you optimize for the end of time? Like, it's all about the end game. It's all about the end of time. Like, okay, so that like I'm doing these conversations all the time. And I'm like, even though it's monetarily, it doesn't do anything for me. I don't, I don't think, I don't know. And I don't care. I just like to, I'm, fu- I'm in the, I'm in the passenger seat, God's driving. And I'm like, okay, you just tell me where to go. And I'm there. And, and it's, it's been a lot of fun. Like there's divine
2: appointments are brought to you, right. And such, such wisdom and joy in the conversation.
1: Yeah. Well, we started the conversation in an interesting way. And so I thank you for sharing that. Um, Everybody faces speed bumps along the way. So you had one at a very early age. I assume there's probably another one or two through life, right? Absolutely. (laughs) This year, year, actually, that were big speed bumps. But um, is there another one you'd be comfortable sharing that, you know, here's what happened. And here's how I made it to the other side, because maybe there's somebody out there that's experiencing something similar. And, and what was your way to get over the mountain or around it? Well, I'll be honest with you, one that was extremely painful that lasted over
2: six years was uh, through divorce and through um, uh, alienation of, of my children. My uh, It was tough, extremely painful process. Um, Again, I believe uh, Satan is here to rob and steal. And just as Joseph in the Bible was twisted and, and, and sold off into slavery and Potamus' wife tried to you know sexually persuade him and then he wouldn't comply. So they put false accusations against him and he was thrown into prison and he went through a lot of tumultuous things, right? But God's grace, mercy, and transformation was with him the whole way. And it was pre- preparing him for greater work. He became a very powerful ruler in Egypt that could protect his family and provide, right? In a way that he never would have before. Um, that's how I got through those years. Uh, it, was, it was so much difficulty. I had to seek out a stronger message and, and, and center myself on Christ. I had to say, if I lose my family, if I lose my home, what, where's my center? Christ is my center. That's my stronghold. And as long as I'm focusing on Christ and what is he teaching me through this process, if I can stay true to my faith of, of who I am in Christ and hold my identity of who I am in Christ, it doesn't matter what false accusation come against me. I know the truth and God will work in that. And it's what got me through.
1: Wow. There's a Gary Van Dyke is the founder of Food for Orphans. And he shared a similar story. His, you know, after 20 years of marriage, wife comes, hey, I'm moving in with the boyfriend and takes the five kids with them. And he went to see a psychologist and the psychologist said, hey, it's as if they all died in a car accident because it's that level of trauma. Right, and, exactly. And, yeah, right, and, but the positive impact that he's had on the world as a result, he's like, that happened to me for a reason. He, his reason was, now he's fed 9 million meals to people in 16 different countries over the last 20 years. And now he's retiring from that, handing it over to his son-in-law. And, and, and we wanna help him. We're like, hey, we're helping. And I'm throwing a lot of time and my other company does a bunch of cool stuff for outreach. And he's like, Chad, I just want to make sure you're doing you're doing some things here. Is there any payment required? <laughs> no, there's no payment required. Just, you've you've already done your part, right? Now it's time to let other people help you to take it to the next level. So,
2: so I think that's the story. That's the hero's journey. I think we all have a hero's journey. It's coming into this world and the challenges we face, and where, where is that big abyss, that huge thing that we have to get over? Uh, and, and what is the, the solution and the el- elixir that we can bring back to others to share and give them hope? Because it takes hope, faith, and love to get through this life and to have a strong relationship in Christ and let the spirit move. God forbid I went through all that pain for nothing. If, if I can share my stories and share the hope and, and the guidance that God provided for me, that could help others get through it, it would be all worth it.
1: Yeah, that's right. Um, so tell me about that. Let's talk a little bit about Candice May. It's CandaceMaymae.com. M-A-E um, Why do you like to work with leaders and teams and, and you know, what do you do when you go into a company and, and help them?
2: Leaders are people, but leaders have a stronger sense of influence at a higher level. Um, Parents? have a strong impact on their children. They need to lead with love. Supervisors, managers, uh, chief executive officers need to lead with love. Uh, too many times you walk into a workplace and it's toxic. Uh, people leave bad bosses. They don't leave companies. need to, um, bring in compassion and empathy and, and love. And it's okay to use the word love in the workplace. We kind of think we can't do that. You know, we, we, can't, we can't talk about love in the workplace, but really what is love? It's, it's not the twisted things that Satan has brought us to believe of lust and, and, and all of those. Uh, fill your sensations and whatever you want. Love is about truth, love is about knowledge, love is about taking action, Uh, not what feels good, just let it flow and I'm angry and I'm just going to let it burst out. Love is is peace and joy, self-confidence and and self-control and goodness and all of those things in, in Corinthians that talks about the fruit of the spirit is the elements of love. And that's what we need in the workplace.
1: Yeah, I went to this pallet company in town. Um, C twelve is a Christian organization. I, and you know I went in and checked it out one time. And they had a meeting at Eleanor Pallets, I think it's called. And it was awesome. he He, you know they have a bunch of people building pallets. They used to work with immigrants to the country, but then they shifted to people that were transitioning from prisons back out into the world. And so these are people from like 20 different countries with all different languages. And he has Christ and and God and Bible verses and a prayer time. And he does it in a way that's not, it's not, you have to believe what I believe or get out of here. It's, you know, they interview and they're like, Hey, I don't know if I believe this. And he's like, perfect. Then you're welcome here. You know, and and he right. does it in a way that's warm and welcoming environment. Awesome. And yeah, it's just the right way. And when I did go to one of those C12, they give, they give me a handbook. And what's possible inside of companies today about religion, it's way more open than you would think it is, right? You got to check the box and make sure to do it in an appropriate way that you're following HR guidelines and the law. But I think a lot of people think well that would be inappropriate and it's not and it, and it, it doesn't means, have to it be doesn't have to be
2: the marketplace is the world's largest mission field if you really think about it everybody has to go to work everybody has to make a living everybody has to be fed and feed their children um, and really if you have a relationship with jesus christ and the spirit is transforming you from the inside it's about love it's about you embodying love and putting love in action it's about meeting people where they are it's about having the empathy uh, you don't have to preach religion it's not about religion it's about relationship it's about connection it's about giving christ glory as preeminence first and foremost that's the end game they have heaven on earth as earth heaven on earth as it is in heaven, right? This, how does that happen? It happens when we go within and we develop and, and change and we we say less of me, less of my fleshly sin nature, and I'm going to choose more of the spirit-led choices. How do you make a strong decision? You submit yourself to the Holy Spirit and you ask for wisdom and guidance and you weigh those out against the principles of, of the Bible. and. The, the Lord Spirit will speak to you.
1: Yeah. Have you ever seen the show uh O oh, Cirque de Soleil in Las Vegas? Yeah. Um
2: well maybe not the O, oh, but I've seen several circus
1: Soleils. Okay, yes. And so I love them. I've seen O oh 12 times. And, <laughs> and it's just as good every time. And they change it up a little bit every so often. And I think I love it so much because there's a kid in the audience who gets picked. Now, obviously he's part of the cast, it turns out. But, you know, they take him up to a hundred foot tall thing. He jumps into the water, but he goes around life and he meets all these people, really tall, really wide, really colorful, everything. And he just takes it all in like, wow. You know, and he's just amazed at the creation. And to me, that's sort of like, living your life when you meet different people with different uh, you know different stuff just yesterday going into Costco there was a guy with two backpacks on and I and my wife was with me and I said what do you think like what do you think of that guy yeah what's going on with him right what's going on with him and she goes well he's on a mission she's like I don't think he's just your normal homeless person I think he's actually on somewhere I was like, okay, and I go, no, so let's. I was really getting at that person was a person, right. it is a person, not was a person, is a person. And a right. lot of times, you know, when you when you take the minute to talk to someone and lean into them and show them the whites of your eyes, they're like, wow, you can actually impact someone like that. Robert White, who I mentioned to you earlier, one of their top trainers, if not the top trainer. They did an exercise one time and said, hey, let's go out and talk to people and you know have a conversation. Well, they bring a guy back. His name was Art. He was living under a bridge. They mm-hmm. brought him back to their mindset workshop. He became part of the transformation exercise and then he ended up becoming one of the top trainers there. Sure, he has Art the most- got there somehow and he didn't belong there forever. And, and now that story will live on forever in the book called Extraordinary People. And so it's like, we really have to just like, oh, right. Everybody you uncover, if you can just show. Everybody,
2: everybody is
1: extraordinary. Everybody's
2: everybody. Everybody has that yes. beautiful piece in them. Yes. Uh, it's yes. just a matter of they can tune into the spiritual piece and the relationship with Christ for that. Original design to become the default. Mm-hmm. And, and when we, you think about how desensitized we become to homeless people and to, to, to people that are not our normal. Um, we don't want to see them. We don't look at them. We don't make eye contact with them. So when you can show them the whites of your eye, they go, wow, you, you recognize me. Exactly. I think this is one of the things um, that I've seen and observed that as as a as a quote white person it it was always i'm colorblind i don't see anybody but then if you speak to someone of color they would say but you need to see my color i want you to see my color and you go why i mean i'm just saying you're a person and we're all the same and i'm not going to differentiate you but they said but if you can't acknowledge that my color is different than yours then you're not really seeing who i am
1: right i'm special Uh, like like Treat me as special and unique and one of one.
2: (laughs) Well, acknowledge the the unique characteristics that I have that may be different than yours. Don't pretend they don't exist. Yeah. That was eye-opening because I don't think a lot of people, I think think sometimes people think being colorblind is a good thing, but when they stop to realize a different perspective, Mm -hmm. it's powerful. In fact, I want to show you something. This is one of the training pieces I use. And you're looking at this this ball that I'm holding here. Mm -hmm. What do you see? It's a beach ball, right? You see what colors? Yellow and white. But I don't see yellow and white. If you were to talk to me about what you're seeing, yellow and white, I would tell you you're wrong. There's no yellow. There's no yellow at all. Uh, What I see is blue, Mm -hmm. white, and red. It's not until we turn the ball sideways that we can see all of the perspectives are there. You were right. It is yellow and white. But it's also yeah, red, and white,
1: I'm and right too. Yeah. Everybody's right. It's a 360 view. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Exactly. So we need to take that, that empathy and compassion and acknowledge that you see something different than I do. And I don't have to tell you that you're a liar and you don't exist and or that's wrong. I can say, wow, that's an interesting perspective. That's not what I see, but that doesn't mean you're wrong. This mm-hmm. happens in families. We get into hurtful situations and we stop talking to each other or in the office place. Teams have conflicts and personality challenges because they're thinking it's my way or the highway. I don't get you, you're not making sense. You know, We're not seeing eye to eye. Shift the ball, see that they are right. As a mother, I had experiences that were extremely painful to me through those years of the divorce and alienation. But my children, they had experiences too. They were different experiences than my experience. They were a child. They were controlled, didn't have power to handle certain things. And I was put under a microscope, right? And so there was things that I wanted to to raise my children and teach them that taken away from me and put constraints on me and how do i embrace those and get through when we talk it it had to come to a point where we could say your your perspectives are valid Mm -hmm. i'm sorry you went through that Mm -hmm. it's difficult right and and their their father has passed away now as well and so then there's grief and there's complicated grief and there's all those things to work through Mm -hmm. Um, but perspective is essential that we give people permission to have their feelings, to have their, their experiences and to validate them. Not, we don't have to agree with them. You know, we just have to acknowledge that that was your perspective and what you, what you went through.
1: Let's let's pivot just slightly and talk about something that's come up recently. I, I had someone on the podcast that spent nine years in seminary and and then in 2008, he wasn't able to go exercise that skill. So for a decade, he did something that he didn't really want to do, accounting or something like that. And so when we were talking, we're coming out with this app any day now called 77 Pray, and it really helps people connect and communicate to God on a daily basis. It takes just a couple minutes a day, right? Pray in the morning, uh, read a Bible verse that randomly pulls in through the app, pray at night very basic simple and then share it in the middle of the day at noon you'll get a little pop-up and it says hey share this because god tells you to share it well traditionally you don't maybe your your skill is not to be on the corner and say come to jesus you know but passing out tracks, holding yeah. up signs. Yeah. <laughs> people can send a text though, or they can post on Facebook what they believe. So we believe this app's going to grow pretty rapidly, et cetera. And help. We just talked to someone in Zimbabwe this morning that said, yeah, I'm going to pass it out to my three churches in Africa. And I'm like, yes, this is really going to be amazing. My question is this. Connection with God or research and reading the Bible, how do you, what's most important? Is it just ABC? All of it's important. What's first? Connect to God through prayer, study about the Bible. What's your perspective on that subject? There's That's interesting.
2: Is it the chicken or the egg that comes first? That's
0: right.
2: <laughs> the, the Holy Spirit finds us the Holy Spirit is the one that gives us faith. The Holy Spirit is the one that um, empowers us with, with love to, to reset that default mode. Um, so prayer is essential. And I learned early as a young, as a young girl, found a book in a, in a, in a bookstore called Practicing the Presence of God. And I read that and it made such a strong impact on me. And it's really about Connecting with Jesus in the Holy Spirit as if it's a person and having conversations throughout the day. Uh, Prayer doesn't have to be just on your knees and, you know, with petitions and and confessions. It can be ongoing conversation all day long. And that's how I have my relationship with Christ. I'm, I'm talking with him all day. God owns my business. Christ owns my business. I'm a chief executive officer of Jesus Christ. Uh, I, I, He's first and foremost. I'm not working for myself. I'm working for God. So he's impacting. So for me, that prayer is about participation with the Holy Spirit all day long. It's, it's practicing the presence. It's having conscious awareness that I'm not alone, ever that Christ is always with me. And when I have those moments of doubt or anxiety that come in, I know that's an attack and my, my sin nature wanting to take over. And I just have to spend the time connecting and, and reassuring myself, picking up the Bible, grounding myself in the word, holding on to the promises that God gives us in the Bible, because those promises are there. He says, hide my word in your heart so that when you hit these times, this life will bring you pain, it's guaranteed. We're not told to be a Christian and have a relationship with God in a smooth sailing. God uses the circumstances in life to shape us and to show his miracles. It's it's those difficult situations where the light shines brightest. If you're in a, in a, a room full of light and you turn on a light, you don't notice the light so much. But when it's pitch black and hopeless and you turn on the light, it shines so bright to show the way.
1: Wow. Wow. That's what we talked about at the beginning of the conversation is that when it gets darker, which the world seems to be on a track towards that. Now, sometimes I think. Well, I'll bet that's what my grandparents thought too. And and they were right because- it They did. were right because it's oh. been getting darker
2: and darker and darker and darker, right? Evil and evil, more evil. It, it, it's a trajectory.
1: Because the default switch has gotten so sophisticated and deliver the delivery mechanism through media and Facebook and Google when you search, the delivery mechanism is so- deeply embedded in people's brains that when you can feel it in your own home in your own family with your own friends and you go wow how how is that possible and you really have to take stock of your own inventory sometimes too and say make sure your default is not trying to pull you in the wrong direction right and that's yeah. why and that to me i think is why understanding the bible because all this has been seen 2000 years ago and through the history of time like we can learn from all of those other people's lessons that they learned over years ago
2: yeah isn't that what the Bible's all about
1: that's right
2: it's the best book most people it's a best sold book the the most popular book sold but it's the least read it it's got so many stories if you want romance stories you'll find them in the bible if you want to, to, to I mean, it's not just about the 10 commandments and the law that took place and so forth. There's, there's stories of murder. There's mystery stories in there. There's romance stories in there. There's, there's horrible stories of, uh, but it's always about how to navigate those challenges of life, those difficulties and the hope that God comes in and can give you, meet you in those, those painful moments and bring you out on top. To, to overcome yeah,
0: only yeah, movie movie. is only
1: a really interesting idea because if you think of Marvell and you think of the superhero movies that are being, you know, pulled back out of the archives, how cool would it be to have a Hollywood producer really go deep with each of the characters, just like a Marvel character? Wouldn't that be awesome? Oh, they could do that, they could easily do that. Yes. So we've got some Christian
2: authors here that are listening.
1: <laughs> yeah. An idea. There was a book I read recently. Deb Brown Maher uh, wrote a book called Sell Like Jesus. And then uh, we were thinking of writing a book called God-Centered Selling. Then we met Deb. We're like, oh, you already wrote the book. That's perfect. Well, she told us about another book called The Seven Mountain Prophecy. It's such an interesting read because these two people have the same kind of prophecy that came to them and it was about the seven mountains education the news media entertainment like so some, six- some people
2: call those the seven mountains i call them the seven influences but i i've added an eighth one there's not me but i think an eighth one is a powerful and that is the um health care if you go to my website CandisMay.com, you'll find in my about page a whole section about just what you're talking about, the seven influences of the city or eight influences of the city, though those are the seven mountains, the same seven mountains. It's, wow, it, wow, it's it is. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's amazing. And you can see it playing out. But what's neat is I was at a conference six months ago and a woman said, you know, God talked to me recently. I had a real good job, real good job. And all of a sudden I had to quit. I went to the church and I was like, hey, you know let's pray and then she said the pastor came up to me about 100 people did an altar call he put his hands on my shoulder and said you need to go take the mountain of education and she was like okay you know and then she talked about it at this event and it was just an ordained thing that she was connected to go do this and and those are the things where to your point look out because the light's bright, <laughs> it gets darker. Right. The light's going to be bright and it's, it's shining. So, yes. It's amazing. Well, my last question, uh, really fabulous conversation and this we've already touched on it, but I, I I'll ask it anyway. And that is about faith. What role does faith play in your journey?
2: Oh, wow. Well, faith is, is my journey. Faith is my journey. I, I studied the fruit of the spirit for over 25 years to really understand coming from that childhood background that I did there wasn't love demonstrated in the house in our home so uh, I had to understand what it meant to be respect what is goodness what is really what is goodness what what is um, joy and peace and well what do all of those what do they actually mean and what do they look like what does it mean to respect somebody? Can I have a conversation with them and disagree? And, 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 and I, I can tell you what that all means now. And that's why I teach and lead leaders because when we want to make a warm and welcoming environment in the workplace, we have to know what that means. What does that look like? How do we embrace each other? Um, faith, hope, and love. I used to be amazed at that, at that scripture. What is faith? What is hope? what what is love like like because in the worldly terms of love we love pizza we love dogs we love flowers but that's not the same love in the greek there's different verbs and terms that are used for different types of love so i think that's it's a powerful process faith is my life faith is everything and you know i will tell you um I've come to a new appreciation when they say less of me and more of Christ. December 9th, 2020, um, I woke up at three o'clock in the morning, working hard on on things uh, I had going on, had a group I met with at 545 in the morning uh, over Zoom like this. And um, about 630, I said, I'm tired. I need to go take a nap. I had meetings starting back to back at eight or nine o'clock. And I went to bed and about 30 minutes later, I heard a very strong voice say, get up. And I couldn't get up. I couldn't get the covers off me. I was laying there. Have you ever been in bed with your eyes closed and you're trying to get up? And I I couldn't figure out why I couldn't get up. I said, what's going on? And I I realized my right side wasn't working. I said, oh, so then I had to like, literally force my left side to get the covers off. up. Thank God I had my phone next to my bed. Bottom line is I ended up with a stroke and I was going to go back to bed. Um, I, I went into the bathroom and called my oldest daughter who's a nurse. I didn't realize what kind of nurse she was. She had work, works with stroke victims, but I called her, got her voice message. And I said, "Tap, something's wrong. Uh, I think maybe I'm having a stroke, I don't know. Uh, but all these sensations started coming through my head and my body and I said, Well, maybe that's okay. Maybe I was just, um, something fell asleep. I'm going to go back to bed. Just call me in a couple of hours because something's wrong. Had I gone back to bed, I would be dead or total invalid at this point. Um, I got up to take a step back to bed. It was like an angel pushed me over. I fell flat onto onto the tub. I broke three ribs. My lungs collapsed. I was stuck in the bathtub with my arm, right arm behind the tub, sitting on the floor, realizing I couldn't move. And it was like, you have had a stroke, Candy. You can't move. And so I wiggled my way out of that and lay on the floor. Um, I couldn't call 911. My phone wasn't working. My fingers weren't working, right? And I couldn't stay open. I had speed dial, which was wonderful. And it's the only way I was able to make a call because I could push pictures so I called my oldest daughter back and I said Tabitha I have definitely had a stroke I'm on the bathroom floor I can't move I I hit the tub I think I broke my 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 ribs um thank god it was my right side that the ribs were broken because because there was numbing there I couldn't feel the, the intensity of the pain and then but I was having difficulty breathing because my lungs had, had collapsed and then I called my second daughter, got her voicemail. Then I called my son, got his voicemail. I laid on the floor and I said, Lord, I don't, I don't know what's going on here. I said, you know, I was in a two-week meditation, um, silent meditation, when I was going very deep with the Lord and so forth. And I have been working through um, Jesus Christ Institute, um, diving deep into the Bible and the meat of the Bible, my faith and what it means for God to own my business. And I had just Three days prior, signed, written, uh, personal covenant with the Lord. And uh, I said, Lord, why would you have me sign this covenant with you like three days ago? Why did you call me to sell my home, you know, stop my corporate career and and open up a business to lead others? And then you're and then now now what am I done? If I have to be able to speak, walk function totally you know integrate if you want me to to do this i thought i heard for this i thought i was on your path did i hear wrong and if i heard wrong then that's fine you know if i'm going if this is the end of my life then that's fine as if i had any control i didn't have any control so it's going to be what it's going to be but i said yeah. i'll i'll submit you know take me if that's your will if it's not your will lord you're going to have to provide somebody to contact me because I can't move. I can't get help. And if this is truly a stroke, there's only a small window of time where, where you can get help. And um, then I, I just laid there and I, I decided to pray that the Holy spirit would begin to work in me and heal me. And the, his angels would come and protect me and, and start working. And I claimed uh, the power of, through Jesus Christ in the stripes and the, and the cross that I was healed and that, that God would do a mighty work. And then laid there said, whatever it's going to be, it's going to be. And he said, try again. So I picked up my phone and went to the the, the speed dial. And I saw my son-in-law Tim at the top. I pushed the button and he answered. <laughs> he was in the Navy and he was working, but he answered the phone. And I explained to him, you know, I I'm on the floor. I, it appears I've had a stroke. I can't move. I, I think I broke my ribs. Uh, I'm having a really hard time breathing and I can't move. Can you get me help? And he, he did. Um, paramedics, uh, firemen five showed up at my door. Uh, I had moved into an apartment complex and I had just called the office like the day before. So again, I, I had it where I could just push the button on reset dial and I could get hold of the, the complex. And I said, you're gonna have to have somebody come open the door. And um, the doorbell rang. And I'm laying there, I can't open it, the door, I can't move. And eventually they opened the door, and these men came in, and put me on a sling tarp, pulled me out, and uh, they had to helicopter me from uh, Wildemar to San Diego uh, for uh, a TPA and surgery. And I got there, into. I went totally flat on the helicopter ride over, and my whole right side went completely down. And I we walked, we were walked into the operating room and the doctor said, do you have um, how much time to the anesthesiologist? And he said, 30 minutes. And he said, we don't have 30 minutes, we gotta go in. And so there they were, you know, you can hear everything, you're wide awake, they divide her up so you can't see what's going on. And I hear them say, oh my, that we, we can't get through There's two blood clots in the center of her communication but in her brain, but we can't get through because her ICA on her left side is over 99% blocked. It's a miracle. Any blood flow is getting through at all. I have to put in a stint. So they're putting in a stint. And then he says, okay, now we have to wait five minutes to see if it's going to hold before I can get through. And then he's, I hear them say, it's not holding. (laughs) Then he says, okay, so we're going through. He says, yep, there's two blood clots and and I can feel pain in my head and lights are flashing like in in my eyes, in my brain. And I just said, okay, those are angels working with them. You know, that's how I'm dealing with this, how I'm getting through. And the next thing I know, the surgeon flies up to my head and says, can you move your arm? Can you move your arm? And I could. And he goes, can you move your leg? And I could. And he was like, so ecstatic. And shortly after that, uh, I, the pain of the broken ribs just took over and it was so intense, so crazily intense, but it was God's miracle. The doctors came in consistently. Oh, and they said, t- they told my daughter, well, when I was in on the helicopter ride over, there's no room for your mom. You know, we were in the middle of COVID. And nobody was visiting, able to go into the hospitals and people were left in the hallways. And so she's saying, when your mom gets out of surgery, there's no room. They did find room. They had somebody leave. I got uh, a room in a clean ICU. My daughter is a neuro nurse. She deals with people who, with stroke victims and, and recovery. What a blessing because she was allowed to be in my room in that ICU unit every day. She was by my side my advocate and they would came in and they would do all the checks hold your arms out you're drifting your tongue's crooked you can't you know and and i would just start praying and praying and they would come in every few hours and they would say you're a miracle look at i was increasing my ability was amazing when i couldn't write i'd start to write and it would go down to like nothing And I had, I start practicing writing and writing and praying the whole time. And my mom, my daughter said, mom, you're so pleasant for a patient. Some people are mean, but I, and she says, and when they say you're a miracle, you don't seem to be acknowledging that or understanding what they're saying. People who have a stroke at the level that you did are invalids. They don't recover or they recover very slowly over many, many months. You are (laughs) increasing by the hour. And it was the spirit. It was quite yeah. spiritfully, uh, which was another confirmation for me that he wants me doing this business. He wants
1: me here. Wow. wow. Thank you yeah. so much for sharing that. Um, I mean, it's so, so- faith is everything. That was the question. <laughs> yeah, right. Faith
0: is
2: everything. For me.
1: <laughs> if you didn't get that, listeners, then you missed the point. <laughs> right. I mean, seriously. And it really, it, when you submit and you say, even if you're so far away, you're on the other side of planet Earth from this belief. Just give it an ounce of try and say, what, what could it hurt you? I once had a guy call me five years ago, and he goes, hey, I saw one of your posts online. Um, you know, could we talk? And I talked to him. And I just said, hey, and he told me about stuff with his family, and they were about to get kicked out of their house and whatnot. And I said, just pray this like 20 days in a row. Your will be done at night. You don't have to get fancy, but just really mean it and and just give the possibility that there could be something bigger out there and then he called me two three years ago and he's like chad can i sell to you you know he goes i have a team of two people now everything's good and it's like just change your life you know open the book meaning the communication path ask for help and and it's amazing so i really uh, thank you for sharing um I'm positive that this will have an impact on on somebody listening today and for the future. So, thank you so much for being here. Absolutely. And your book comes out, it's called Heaven Within and when when can I buy it?
2: I'm I'm thinking 6 months. About okay. 6 months. Yep. It should be done the the uh, editor, or publisher and I are are working on that actively right now and I I think within 6 months it should be ready. Excellent. Yeah.
1: All right well all right. visit candaemay. com uh, if you think you've been through a lot in your life, listen to this podcast again. Um, Jesus saves God is good and when you believe miracles happen and Candace may is a is a miracle, an example to all of us. so thank you Candace. thank you.
2: so here's another thing. they can go to go c a n d a c e may dot com. And that will take them to uh, an interactive page where they can learn more. That will be changing. When my book comes out, that's where they'll find the information for that as well. Um, so candismay.com or
0: go.CandiceMay.com. Go. Uh, all right, everybody.
1: Thanks for joining Living a Better Story. God, God bless you all.
0: Thank you for listening to another episode of Living a Better Story. We hope that today's show has inspired you to cultivate a better understanding of yourself so you can discover your God-given purpose and start living a better story. For the show notes, visit livingabetterstory.org forward slash podcast, where you can also find other helpful resources. Connect with us and join us again next time for another purposeful show.